And with the virus injected into Dracula, the vampires all over the world died one by one, leaving us all safe and letting Blade and Hannibal and Whistler's daughter retire in obscurity. That should have been what the show was. Oh, that's not what happened? No. No, because I told you at the end of the last movie, that's not how that works. Oh. (laughs) Hi, I'm Jay. I'm Stacy. And this is Marvel Movie Night. So this week on Marvel Movie Night, we didn't watch a movie. No, we didn't. We watched Blade the series. Fucking 13 hours of my life I will never get back. (laughs) This... Nope. Nope. I need everybody to sit with that for a second. 13 hours of my life that I will never get back. And we did it for you. (laughs) No, I did it for you, Jeremiah. We did it. For the audience. Oh, is that what we were doing? Yes. I we're mean, providing a public service. Yeah. Yes, we did a public service. Public service announcement number one. Do not watch this show. Unless you really enjoyed that reboot of Charmed. If so, you'll love this. I, uh, I I don't think those are connected. But No, no. This show is the worst show I've seen since we tried to watch the reboot of Charmed. Okay. So, David Goyer, primary writer. Whoever that is. He's the guy who wrote the movies. I'm starting to feel very hostile towards him. Slash directed the movies. You'll remember he interviewed himself. Yes, I remember. Um, the primary director, although I'm sure there were plenty, is Alex Dropley. <laughs> okay. And none of the actors, including the, the guy who played Blade, were really anybody. But Blade... Oh, no! How dare you! Blade was played by Sticky Fingers. Listen here. Oh, go ahead. You, Hiro Kanagawa... And I'm probably totally thrashed that pronunciation. But that guy has literally been in everything. The Star Trek Discovery, Upload, Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist, The New Charmed, Man in the High Castle. But he he's had got 204 credits. Okay. He is not nobody. It, I You recognize his face as soon as he popped oh, on the screen. Sure. Just because he's a that guy. Actor does not mean he's nobody. All right. But there were actually quite a few that guy actors in this. And again, I'm going to thrash this pronunciation, but uh, Bokeem Woodbine, he was in uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife, Fargo, Spider-Man Homecoming, Saving Grace, Bones. And then Larry Poindexter has been in literally every show ever. So there were people in here. Okay. It's just none of them were main cast. No. Well, Larry Poindexter was the... I mean, he was in there a lot. Okay. 
Uh, this show uh, aired on Spike TV, mm-hmm. which I'm sure everybody remembers sitting around the television and watching Spike TV. No, don't be mean. Uh, it aired Wednesday nights at 10 o'clock, so this is like prime TV viewing. But in the summertime. It was a summer show. It ran opposite reruns of <laughs> Law & Order, two different Law & Orders, reruns of Lost, reruns of Diagnosis Murder, yeah. and Lost against all of those reruns. Yeah, in because, the because anybody that's a fan of Law & Order will watch a rerun when they come up, no matter what it is. Another show that it lost against in the ratings wasn't in reruns. Stephen King's Nightmares and Dreamscapes. Oh. You didn't tell me that the other day. I, I gotta save something. <laughs> uh, which one, which collection of stories is that? I'm not good at remembering. That's the one with the little soldiers that come to life. Oh, and- Lord have mercy. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's all you had to say. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I would have watched the fuck out of that, like, over and over and over again. Yeah. If it meant I never had to watch this. Well, I remember watching that when it came on TV. Yeah, I wasn't allowed to watch stuff like that. No, us, honey. We us? watched that. This is 2006. Oh. Then why, did, why does this show... That's right, it is, isn't it? Why did that show feel like it was a 1992 show? Well, let me help you out. Because other shows that started this year... That you will have heard of. Yeah. That got more than one season. Big Bang Theory. Oh, well. Yeah. Dexter. Oh, shit. And Psych. Oh, my God. All started the same year as this show. Okay, so it was a minute ago. It was a minute ago. But the quality was very 1992. Sure. And I would just like to remind people who... Uh, who are in the know. In 1992, I was watching TV on a 13-inch black-and-white fuzzy TV, and I only got two channels. That's the quality that this show had. <laughs> you had to watch it with the lights off and the curtains closed so you could see anything. I couldn't... I literally couldn't hear half of everything everyone was saying because Sticky Fingers mumbles every single word. I thought he did a fairly decent job of emulating Wesley Snipes's well, that's the problem. rendition of Blade. That's the problem. He was trying to be Wesley Snipes being Blade instead of being Blade. Yeah. And that's all I saw the whole time. He looked like he, he had the, if he, <laughs> I hate to say this, he looked like he had the potential to be a decent actor if somebody gave him a chance with a decent script. You could see, you could see that there was potential there. But the dialogue in this show, ugh, I don't know where to start. Where do we start here? Because we're not doing this the way we do movies. No. We're not doing a run through. So I, I have literally I'm not, 10 pages of notes of things that bothered me. <laughs> well, because, because there was nothing. That's all I know how to take notes. You, you're the one that does the run through. So I just write down things that bother me or that are anachronistic or wrong. Or scientifically improbable. So I have ten whole pages. Yeah, so uh, the first thing we should do is just give the overall quick impression of the season as a whole. (laughs) A quick impression of the... Oh, well, I mean... They're hot takes, like we do for the movies. This show 
is what I thought Buffy was going to be when you forced me to watch Buffy for the first time. Ouch. <laughs> I was like, damn, I actually really like this show. Oh, you just put a stake in the heart of that movie. Or that show. Well, uh, you mean uh, Blade or Buffy? Blade. Good. Is it dusted? <laughs> or I, that's great. All copies oh. of that show should now be dusted. They disappeared. Ooh, unless I injected it with a special serum and now it's goo. <laughs> Off the top, my main critique, the one thing I, I I have to stress is that they did not bother to care about their story enough to decide the rules of the monster and stick to it. Every good monster show, movie, book, whatever that you have ever seen has had rules, has stuck to them, and when those rules put you in a writing corner, they wrote themselves out of the corner in an intelligent way. This show was just like, fuck the rules, it doesn't matter, we'll do what we want, and then they they just went about it that way. I, as a matter of fact, there were a couple of times that it seemed like they were on purpose breaking rules just to piss you off. Like, you know that when a vampire dies, it dusts, right? Yeah. So if the bitch falls 16 stories and lands on the ground and doesn't dust, she's alive. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so for me, I saw a lot of places where this show could have been good. Oh, yeah. There were so many ideas and concepts that if they just... If they just spent a little time. Same with the movies. Yeah. Like, I love the concept of a half... Well, okay, I don't I don't like the concept of the half-human, half-vampire. You're either vampire or you're not. That's mm-hmm. dumb. But the, the, the person born a vampire due to circumstances and fighting against it with all their might, love that idea. Yeah. Sounds great. You know what my hot take on this TV show is that when I finally get to the Blade comics, I'm looking forward to them because there is so much potential there that the writers of the comics are going to do them well. You hope. Sure. Wait. So when you get there, I heard it fuck up so we can hear it because I want to know, are the comics better? Okay. I'm desperate to know. And I'm not willing to read them. It's not going to happen. I can't do it. It is not... My ADHD brain will not let me do it. But I, I am ready and willing to listen to you tell me the whole story. Because I know you will anyway. <laughs> yeah, it'll be a while. I read more when I'm traveling. I haven't been traveling as much lately. Yeah. Okay, so. Okay. The first thing we want to do is we want to talk about, we want to answer the question, what was this season about? That's a good question, what Jeremiah. What was the point of this season? Um... Because this is not, uh, and none of these Marvel shows are going to be like TNG, where every episode's a no. bottle episode. You know how Indiana Jones was not essential to the story of Raiders of the Lost Ark? Yeah. Yeah, that's how Blade was in this. He was necessary at the end. No, he wasn't. Yeah, he killed all the... No, he wasn't necessary. Yeah, who else would have shot the, thrown the thing up and shot it and killed all of the... It could have literally been anybody. It sure. could have been me. That whole concept of him, he was unnecessary the whole thing. As a matter of fact, I didn't count, but I feel like he had way less screen time than um, Krista. 
Krista, I think so too. So it's not even a show about Blade. Actually, it wasn't a show about Blade at all. Uh, Honestly, I don't know what the damn show was about. I don't know what the point of the show was. It, It was supposed to be about killing every vampire you can get your hands on. And then they started this plot where a vampire is trying to make other vampires immune to garlic with a vaccine. Wrong word. Because you can't be vaccinated against garlic. Not a thing. That's not how any of that works. But but then he's not doing that. He's actually just trying to kill all the purebloods. But then he gets betrayed. Like, literally, I couldn't point to one thing that was the point of the whole show. And what do you say? I think that that is the the primary plot of the season. You have the one thing that didn't happen. A house of vampires uh, that have contracted one of their uh, their turned vampires. What do they they call them? The infected. Uh, Is that what they call them? Um, One of their turned vampires to research a a protection. For the vampire nation, I didn't even get the impression the that they asked him to do it. They said he was doing yeah, the it. Little, he asked them for money. The little girl. So, I guess that the conclave, the the house elders, the pure bloods of the house, they all have their own little projects happening. And we we got told that there are lots of rules to this world. Like there's a certain number of people they can turn, what? and there are lots of structured rules. Where was to this that world. at? You must have been looking stuff up. Wait, who said that? Where? No. Um, in you're making stuff up. No, no, no. It was in episode one or two when they turned Krista. They told her that she was lucky because they're they're only allowed to turn a certain number of vampires. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, that was thirteen hours ago. Sure. (laughs) Um, I I do remember that now. Sorry, but so. They they hire this guy, this Van Scriver guy. They contract him to they instruct him to work on this cure, and he acts like he's making progress. But what he's really doing is secretly he's tired of being uh, less than. He's tired of being a second class vampire, uh, always being told that because he's not a pure blood, he's not good enough. And so what he's going to do is he's going to use that funding to develop a way to wipe out the purebloods. Sure. That is the that is the main storyline that they were going through. Following him through that. I think that's the A plot. <sighs> okay. I was just bored right now while you were describing it. <laughs> it's boring. That is a that is a movie plot. You get that done and over with in uh, ninety minutes. Sure, that is that is a two hour movie. They seriously stretched it out as far as they possibly um, could, and it's not far from movies we've already watched Blade in. Right? I'm going to make a super vamp. Now yeah. we've subverted. I'm going to make a super vamp into I'm making a play for all the power, which I believe was the second movie. But it wasn't it also the first movie. Um, yeah, I don't know. Right, so this is shit we've seen before. You know what would have been interesting? You know when they did the flashback, one of the many millions of flashbacks we got that nobody gave a shit about. If if the show had just been that storyline, 
where we're in the 1800s, 1800s vampires, they always give us, like, in a vampire show, the flashbacks of when they started. Why can't they just give us that? Yeah. Because I like a period drama. And if you had a period drama that was vampires, vampires in corsets, like legit corsets that are underclothing and not outer clothing, I'd be super excited. Yeah. Because, I mean, at this point, let's face it, vampires are a little played. It's old. Yeah, fair. I mean, where where are my zombies? I want I want zombies now. Or not not zombies. Nope. Mummies. We got to go back to mummies because we've had the vampires, we've had the werewolves. Although unfortunately, the werewolves did, weren't done well. But it's time for mummies again. I think aliens first. We need some really good alien shows. Yeah, but we've never had like mummies. Mummies aren't boring. Twelve-year-old <gasps> Stacy would kick your ass for saying that. Um. Every child, every interesting child that grows up to be an interesting adult had an Egypt phase. We all love it. I would totally be into it. So following the plot. Uh Uh-huh. Well, I'm bored again. (laughs) I'm sorry. I I just, I hated every damn second of it. I, I asked my dad once how he had the discipline to read a textbook. Because he used to just sit and read textbooks, right? And it didn't look like he was struggling at all like I do. And he said, one word at a time. And that's exactly how I felt watching this show. One second at a time. Because there were I picked up my phone a couple times. I was dying. Yeah. It felt like torture. It's a lot harder to stay glued to a TV show than it is to, to a movie. Yeah. Well, especially when they do things like um, really awful dialogue. Awkward, awkward dialogue. And they didn't even bother to have soldiers be in uniform. I don't know if that guy was pretending to be a soldier. Like the very opening shot, you've got a, a dude in uniform, but he's not wearing it right. And he's like got a half-assed goatee and stuff. And... and doesn't even look you would never look at him and go oh yeah that's definitely a real soldier mm. and vampires are shooting people instead of actually like sucking their blood there's like a theme of blood wasting in this whole show oh yeah every every time you look if drug blood dripping off of chins just like feral babies just mess everywhere i don't understand any of it i hate it i'm sorry i'm rambling because i'm just fucking irritated are you not? Did, did this not irritate you as much as it irritated me? I mean, it was it was a very lackluster show, but I'm trying to not have a lackluster podcast because of it. <laughs> lackluster? What do you mean? I'm angry. It's entertaining. Yeah. So following that primary plot, yeah, um, it is actually with the help of Blade a successful plot. Van Scriver develop Van Scriver develops a way to kill purebloods mm-hmm. in secret. He uses a murder of a pureblood, which didn't work until Blade kills her. Oh God! Yeah, to that was that was so bad. Bring them all together. I did like that they said the last time they all came together was after Nagasaki. Um, but to bring them all together, and then. He has uh, developed a, a delivery method to wipe them out. And then Blade, even though that got sabotaged, Blade had Blade ends up being the one to blow up the canister that delivers the... Yeah, that's great. In the last second, he showed up to make sure everything that was going to happen happened anyway. Absolutely. 
So that plot, that that A plot worked out for the good, and all of the purebloods of that house are now dead. Yeah, just that house. Sure. He would have killed more vampires if he just stopped pretending to be a detective and walked around town and waited to get attacked. Yeah. Like, seriously, if he if he just um, walked around town wearing regular people clothes, and when a vampire attacked him in an alley, he just flashed the sunlight at him and killed him, he would do more for the world. Yeah, that's Blade, but we're talking about the A-plot. Yeah, okay, whatever. Fuck the A-plot. The, the show sucked. Because there are a million better ways to have that end result. They... they what about it all weird? And also, I don't care about watching the vampires. Stupid. You know what? It was like in um, an Angel, you know, when they have that stupid uh, law firm. Wolfman something in hearts. Yeah. He was the worst part of the whole show. Yeah. He was the most boring crap. Vampires being all civilized in office buildings. Blech. Gross, awful, boring, terrible. Okay. I hate it. Well, let's move on to the next plot thread. I think the the next most important plot thread is the Krista and Van Scriver and Chase uh, storyline. Sure. We've got kind of that love triangle. We've got the new vampire being introduced into the world. And then we've got the... Well, but she wasn't really introduced into the world because... Blade immediately snatched her up and, without her consent, pumped her full of quote-unquote cure, or dinner, as he called it, which really confuses me as to what this sermon really is. Is it a blood replacement, or is it a drug that stops him from being thirsty at all? Like, does he eat food? How does he get his nutrients? What's happening there? Yeah. They never bothered to explain that. But also, the thing that really bothered me the whole show was that Krista... Um, is a vampire, a new vampire, that Blade gets to be a spy. But at no point does Krista give him information that he needs that helps him form a plan. Because one, the one time she does try to call him and warn him, she can't get a hold of him. And two, he never forms a plan. Yeah, that's that's fair. Not one time does he have a strategy does he try to, like, decide what his purpose is? Nothing. Yeah, the, the Krista as a, as a spy uh, is bad. Yeah. It's really bad. It's useless. And it, it goes to highlight how horrible of a hero Blade is. Because... He's not a hero. He's not. He has the ability. We know he has the ability to cure people. Allegedly. He cured Whistler after months and or years of being a vampire. But that's uh, that's part of the problem, is that that's sort of a rule they said, and then they went back on it immediately. In the movies, they were like, oh, you can't cure Whistler, and then they cured Whistler. And then later they did cure somebody, but now they can't cure somebody. It's like they've gone back and forth multiple times. In the first movie, he cures that doctor. Yeah, well, he does. He straight up does cure her, right? Yeah. Or does he just take her thirst away? No, he straight up cured her. She was human. Okay. Their argument for that is that she hadn't fed yet. Sure. I, I, I don't know. I, it, it's inconsistent. What was consistent to me was Blade didn't want to cure her. 
he wanted her to be uh, he wanted her to be working for him. Yeah, but and at he didn't one point, care what it cost. At one point, the um, his familiar, which he doesn't call him that. What is his darn name? Uh, his name was Chen. They said his name like twice. I swear to God, he tells Krista, "When you're done doing the spy stuff, as soon as you get back." Like, pump all of the rest of the serum into your body. But he doesn't tell her why. And he doesn't tell her what it's going to do. So we don't know what it's going to do. Is that supposed to cure her all the way? Or is she just going to be really tired and need energy and that's fuel? We don't know. They're just, they're randomly saying things and never, like, fill out that story or answer questions at all. Now, that, Krista, Krista as a new vampire uh, who has piqued the interest of uh, Van Scriver. This causes problems throughout the season. Um, Van Scriver's old pet, the Chase, yeah, uh, who thought she was she had left another house and come here because she she wanted to be with Van Scriver. She's now getting tossed aside for the new girl, um, and that yeah. But I got the impression that they weren't actually they weren't like romantically involved or anything. So all that jealousy was just on her part. Mayhap. Maybe... That's the impression I got. I could be wrong. But dude didn't seem like he was that into her either way. Unless he just passes around his dead wife's necklace to everybody that he screws. Yeah. Um, Which I feel like would have made Chase a little bit more angry. I mean, Chase never got it. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Did she? And then he took it back? Like, is this his way of seducing people? But so this undercurrent led to a lot of Chase having animosity against uh, Krista in a couple of places where she she's like, I'm going to kill her the first chance I get. Uh, she, she Whatever. She comes around where she, like, tries to befriend her there in the middle of the season, and then... Well, I don't know if she tries to befriend her as much as... Well, I don't know. I, feel I, like I don't she think did. her goal was friendship, but I think her goal might have been a temporary ally. I think that, knowing where she went later. I think after a couple of times where Krista did something that she thought as honorable, she started coming around to her. Oh, I um, sure. And we'll put a pin in that thought as honorable for just a second. Um, but then once Krista gives in and starts like being in love with Van Scriver or pretending to be in love with Van Scriver. Yeah. Once they seal the deal, uh, Chase is done with the whole... Oh, you mean that time that she had sex with Van Scriver in front of an open window and then Blade... Blade is keeping Tom? He's a prevert all over the... Just... And then he overreacts and captures captures her and tells her that she's going to get off the blood or die. Yeah. Yeah. Toxic vampire masculinity ruins the party. Um... But the thing I put a pin in, uh, Chase constantly saw something that Krista was doing and totally misinterpreted it. Like, Krista's over here trying to stop a human from getting eaten. And Chase is like, oh, she got distracted and had to have a, a mid-fight snack. Well, yeah, because as far as she knows, Chick's a vampire. Yeah. So that's what it looked like. Like, there was no... She acted suspicious, but she was not. She was no. not making any of the connections. No, because you see, you see the things that through your eyes. Oh yeah. With your life experience, and when you see a vampire holding a woman bleeding to death, you assume she's the one that did it. Why would you think any different? 
It's just that's what makes sense in that scenario. We're moving on. This chick is always trying to suck people's blood. Oh, my God. She can't even keep her mind on the goal. And when she's, <laughs> when she's actually doing it, going, no, not another one. I, I swear to God. But Krista just, there were times when I liked her. And then there were times where I just wanted to knock the shit out of her. She was the dumbest character. She's putting herself in bad situations. She's making decisions without thinking them through. It's just, it just. <sighs> and then the, the last real full season plot thread. Mm-hmm. Uh, was Blade's backstory that they kind of retconned a bit <sighs> with the the group of, of thugs, oh, the bad yeah. bloods. Jesus Christ, that was like the most half-assed thread of... How did that even end? Uh, well, he I killed most the... of them, and then the dude came back uh, and captured his dad and his dad got involved and honestly oh yeah fuck i told that was i stopped paying attention to that part i started like disassociating every time that part of the story happened because it had nothing to do with anything it didn't fucking matter and and none of those fights had any bearing on the story at all whatsoever you know that blade's gonna win there's no point in watching any of that yeah this is one and of also, those... in those movies, correct me if I'm wrong, but he didn't even have a dad, right? Their, their background on him in the movies was that he raised himself and he was out in alleys. This is all retconned, right? So the movies, the movies go from his birth to Whistler mm-hmm. and left out a, a block of time that the TV show came and filled in. Dad tried to raise him for a while with the help of a nurse and a friend. Which, I mean, just the dumbest fucking idea. First of all, this really started bugging the shit out of me. Because how in the fuck did he figure out that the baby was crying for blood and not milk? Uh, is he anemic? Because we know, I mean, based on this show, vampires aren't actually dead. Their hearts are beating. Slowly. But... Well, allegedly, that guy made a joke. I don't know if that was real or not. But but think about this. You've got a newborn baby. Mom died. Baby's heart rate is insanely slow. And baby's heart rates are usually really fast. So he would have been immediately uh, under the care of a physician. Because something's wrong with his heart, right? Yeah. But they would have done tests. And they would have realized something was wrong with him. Like in real life, that would have happened. Kids screaming for food. You try to give him formula. What is he drinking it, or is he yakking it up and biting Dad with no teeth? What? How did that work out? This is dumb. Yeah, Dad cuts himself shaving, and baby leaps across the room. Can you imagine? <laughs> you know what I'd do? I'd snap that newborn's neck. <laughs> if my newborn jumped out of its swaddling claws and started sucking on my razor cut, the kid wouldn't make it. I'm not stealing blood from blood banks and feeding a newborn baby blood. Because you know, especially, you know that that kid is a monster. And as they grow and get bigger, which doesn't make sense for a vampire, but whatever. Um, that, that kid's a danger to you. He's got his, like, 10-year-old locked up with, like, six different locks on the doors. Which only work because the kid lets them work. Because the kid can jump out the window and escape. Yeah. He just busts handcuffs. Like, what the fuck is this dude thinking? Just kill him and get it over with. It's not like... (laughs) It's dumb. I don't like any of it. It's the worst plot line. So those were the major plot lines. There were a couple of smaller ones 
They've got... Um, oh, yeah, there were a couple of bottle episodes. A couple of... Uh, uh, they've got a, a bunch of drug addicts whose drug of choice is snorting vampire ass. Oh, my fucking God. There's another stupid-ass bullshit thing. Mm-hmm. You just have to chop that up to the mystical aspect of vampirism. Sure. There's... It's magic, so don't question it. There's some kind of energy that remains in the vampire ash. No. And this was supposed to give them vampire-like powers. Uh, they start gnawing off their own fingers if they can't. Does that make any damn like, sense? I, I, no, no. No. I, I don't. Because in, in no way is someone like, oh, I can't possibly kill a person. Let me chew my own finger off. No. No. That's ridiculous. They're making it seem like it was mess. Yeah. Um, but no, it, it was not. It's not believable. It's annoying. I don't understand why they did it. Why they couldn't just stick this story. Either pick bottle episodes throughout the whole season or have one single story for the whole season. Pick one. Don't try to do both. Well, what the crap? That that wove together, right? Because the the drug addict, the preacher that was helping the the ash addicts ended up turning Blade over to the Bad Bloods gang that he was a part of uh, in order to... Uh, and both little plot lines were not necessary. Yeah. They did nothing to enhance the story, and they did nothing to stave off boredom, which is what those are supposed to do. Like, when you have a bottle episode smushed between a bunch of episodes with a single story thread, it's supposed to give you a feeling of completion so that you're not bored with the story. And that did not happen here. Well, and that's... See, that's the sad thing, too. This is still... Uh, 2006, 13 episodes is still really a half season. Yeah. Uh, I know today we're used to 10-episode seasons. Used to, my ass. We still bitch about it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> a whole season used to be like... 26 episodes. At least, yeah. yeah. All of my favorite shows have long seasons like that. It's doable. Yeah. If you have someone who knows how to write. And these just these just weren't... They weren't tight, and it wasn't... They didn't use that shorter season to, to cut out unnecessary things. Yeah. No, because if they'd written the rules, this is how vampires act... These are the things they can't do. Um, these are the things that they can do. And then you write the story. And when you hit a, oh, vampires can't actually do that. You have to rewrite it a little bit. And that, that will always make the story better if you've paused to think about it. Well, and you know, they could have had, they've got 13 houses of vampires, right? Mm -hmm. This could have been 13 seasons. Each season, Blade takes down another house. Sure. You've got you've got the unaffiliated vampires like that that weird bottle episode they did with the. You know what he could have done? You just gave me an idea. They he could have rounded up all of the unaffiliated vampires and said, "We don't like fine vampires exist. Whatever we can't ever kill all of them, but let's take out this governing force." Who are these guys to tell all of us what to do, right? Like, he's a vampire, so he's he could have gathered all the unaffiliated vampires and made his own house. But his house takes out all of them, and he could have had them be his minions. Yeah, except a lot of the unaffiliated vampires are like that white prince dude 
were completely batshit and would not be a part of it. You fucking kill them. Fair. Like, just, it's that, it's super easy. Oh, see, that is, that's another storyline that we, uh, we forgot to mention was the White Prince guy. Yeah, that was a bottle episode that was put Yeah, but if they had done stuff like that, if, if every episode had been a bottle episode where, like, like, Blade is a good guy, uh, a detective-like, like Angel, when he started his detective agency, it would have, it would have been infinitely better. Yeah. Because that episode, I actually enjoyed. So I knew there was potential there for the story because I was like, ah, psycho serial killer guy. Yeah. And he was creep freaking fantastic. No, that that was actually probably the best episode. Oh, absolutely. That is the, that is definitely my best part of the show uh, mention right there. Okay. Because, and if they had done that, Oh, it would have been great. I also don't have the patience for uh, uh, an entire series that has one plot line. I don't. I mean, I don't. I don't mind it if it's a if it's a tight plot line and it's it's well, engaging. I have a problem remembering minute detail that's supposed to inform my knowledge of the final plot at the end of the season. Yeah. Because especially if you're watching it one episode a week, I don't remember that stuff. I have like real life, actually important things to do. Like, my whole entire focus is not what's happening on this TV show. I literally don't think about it until the next show comes up. Well, some of us are um, obsessive, and we... Uh, think about it all day long, every day? Think about it, and we listen to podcasts, well, and other people talk about it. Yes, um, and those men don't have anything better to do. Some of us, us women don't think about the show all week. We got shit to do. I have a world to burn, okay? <laughs> um... I'm not. I'm not thinking about TV shows unless I'm watching them. Part of that is just how my brain works. But I mean, if you look at my favorite shows, they're all like they have. They're all bottle episodes, but in each bottle episode, there's an overarching story that you keep track of because it's not complicated. They make it too complicated, and I'm just like, ugh. Like remember the 4400. I hated that show. Every dang minute show. of it. I know. But, like, you were expected to remember every freaking detail from every episode to understand yeah. what was going on, and I hated it. And Lost, where they Boring. just... Oh, I hated Lost! They just that is the worst TV show that has ever been on TV. Drip one one piece of information at you at a time. I hated... Ugh. I hated every episode except for the first episode. The first episode, I was like, ooh, yay. They're all crashed on an airplane in an island. Uh I love that show. Second episode. Here's a polar bear. What? All right, I'm out. No, I, I, I do think with, with shows with shows like this, where there is a deep, rich world, I think the better way to do it is the early X-Files way, where you are hunting. Blade should have been a hunter who was mm-hmm. hunting individual stories, mm-hmm. but... You weave the overstory uh-huh. along the way. Uh-huh. Um, and I think they spent too much time stretching the movie into 13 hours. Yep. And packing ideas for later into it. Yeah. Um, I think that's really what happened. Actually, the impression I got was that this dude was under contract and had to spit this stuff out. He threw a bunch of shit on the wall and whatever stuck he threw into the script. And made it so that it wouldn't come back out of spite. This um, whole show felt like it was out of spite. Yeah. I mean, there were there were in-depth ideas like Krista's PTSD 
that they they put in there so that they could have a richer story for later. Yeah, except fuck PTSD as a plot. I well, I'm over soldiers with PTSD as a plot line in every show ever. Well, because there's only been like once or twice where they actually did it in a realistic, educational way. Um, I feel like if you're going to use that sort of plot line where someone is mentally ill in some way, you have an obligation to be accurate and informative as well as using it to develop somebody. Oh, I oh, and then speaking of and then that the a couple of episodes where Krista turns her mom because her mom's dying of a tumor. Well, that could have been that could have been a storyline. Oh, yeah. they royally fucked that up too. At least I counted at least six people had died so that her mom could be a vampire. Yep. be cured, and then they end up killing the mom anyway. Yep, that because instead of control. instead of Krista turning her mom in uh, at like Blade's lair where she could actually keep an eye on her, she lets herself get distracted while her mom turns. Um, because she is she's useless. That woman, Krista, is completely useless. Well, also because as a newborn vampire, nobody is like indoctrinating her into the rules. Yeah. They didn't hand her the handbook. Well, she didn't even know she was a damn vampire. She kept asking, what have you done to me? Yeah. Like, she has no idea. She went from being sick and dying of leukemia, which I thought was ironic, a blood disease, Yeah. Um, to, to like, hopping around and, and I presume cured of leukemia, and I presume stronger and healthier. Another one of their inconsistencies, when you turn into a vampire... Uh, does Whistler get all healed and he's just limping for because it's part of his personality? Uh, or did he not get actually cured? Like, when you turn a vampire, do you lose all your diseases and become the perfect version of yourself? Like, what are the damn rules? Somebody please tell us. But they never did. And uh, this guy, uh, the writer, what's his name? Goyer. Um, oh, he committed the biggest sin, yeah. in my eyes. Okay. Um... First of all, he waited way too long to do character development on one of the main characters of the show. Okay. I don't... What even episode... I wrote it in extra big letters. So we're doing character development on Van Helsing. Scriver. We're doing character development on Van Scriver, which is... It was interesting. And then and then the main vampire um, just rapes his wife right in front of him. Yeah. But his wife is not important enough for us to even find out what happened to her. No, we barely got her name. No, I have no idea what her name is. Dude bit her, and then raped her, and then that's the last we see or hear of her. Yeah. So we don't know, because since they showed us that, I thought maybe she was going to pop up as a vampire, but she didn't. No. But, that, but how in the holy motherfuck is us watching him watch his wife get raped by a vampire? Character development for him. Yeah. He tells us nothing about him. What? It pisses uh, me off to no end. Absolutely. And and not only that, but that's it for his character development. Uh, his whole character is, well, somehow he's now rich because he started the store. That guy that raped his wife turned him into a vampire. And for a hundred years, he's been waiting to get revenge on the guy that tur- killed, allegedly, his wife. Yeah, that he couldn't touch because he was a pure blood. Like, that yeah. is the driving motivation of his character. Yeah, but we get it for like five minutes. Yeah. We don't... He, I mean, 
And he doesn't even kill him in a way that's enjoyable. Like, if I was waiting a hundred years to avenge your death, you better believe it would take longer for that guy to die than anybody had ever taken to die in the history of the world. You know what I'm saying? I would start slicing Uh, him from the tips of his fingers and the tips of his toes. Since he's a vampire, he they'd grow back. I would just keep like slicing pieces of him off for like the rest of eternity. And it's not even satisfying. And not only that, but I didn't even give a flying crap. Yeah, that's episode ten that they, they of give thirteen. Us of thirteen. Yeah. They waited to the end of the season to give us any character development on him. Uh, otherwise he's just this the whole time he's just it's like Deanna Troy when she loses her ability to sense other people's emotions. He was just blank to me. Yeah, so that's a fine segue from plot developments to or character plot threads to character development. Um, Stuff you kept calling character development, I, I don't agree with. <laughs> it's just well, and we can run through the main characters. Yeah, I'm interested to see what how what you saw as character development because um, I was trying to pay attention, but everybody. Just seemed blank to me. Uh, Blade is the titular character. Uh, there's some real argument about whether or not he's the main character of the show. Yeah, but uh, did he develop from season from episode one to episode thirteen? Was there any character change? No. no. Oh, character development is change. I thought character development was just um, fleshing out their personalities. Well, it's both, right? Uh, okay, but no got, to both of those. We got more background on him, right? We learned about his past. We learned his childhood sucked. He's the one that gave Whistler. We already knew that. He lived with a, a gang of vampires, which he, he's responsible we got for more, learning. We got more information about a character that's not even in the show <laughs> in that flashback. Yeah. Um, yeah, but we already knew those things. We knew his childhood sucked. Yeah, his dad didn't die. He lived and chased him for years and years and years. Chased him? What? Yeah, he followed him around. Did he? Kept an eye on him in the Oh, shadows. well, Blade didn't know that. Blade didn't know that. Like the, so it's not important. But did was there any, any maturing, any changing no. of the character of Blade? No. Not in my opinion. No. He was stone-faced the whole time. You know, oh, I take that back. There was a little bit of maybe he has emotions when he was being a pervert watching Chick have sex in the window yeah. because it seemed like maybe he was jealous. But it was like a three-second little smirk on his face um, was because he-, he didn't actually seem like he gave a crap about her. He didn't have, he didn't, he's not emotionally attached to anybody in the show. I don't know if he was jealous or if he was worried that her emotions were going to compromise the mission that he gave her. Fair enough. The mission that was unimportant. Yeah. I I don't know. I don't know. You know why? Because that dude never talked. Yeah. They never had a single conversation that wasn't go there, do that, go there. There was no... They didn't have camaraderie. There was no no real life happening. So I don't think I don't think Blade developed. We learned a little bit about his motivations, but I no, don't think there was I, any development. I, I disagree with that. What's his motivation? To kill all vampires. Why? 
Because vampires are bad. That's the thing he wants to do. What's the motivation? Because we watched him beat up and kill and knock the shit out of all kinds of humans. It's not that he vampires are bad and they're going to kill humans and that's bad. That's not his motivation. Well, he wants to he wants to eradicate vampires from the planet. Why? Because vampires are bad. But he didn't say vampires are bad. And anybody who affiliates themselves with vampires are equally as bad as the vampires in his eyes. Yeah. But he is just as bad as they are. Yeah, no, I'm not I'm not saying that So so him He's not his his motive isn't morality, is what I'm saying. No, it's vengeance. It's a hundred percent vengeance. But he never says that either. No. In none of the movies, as a matter of fact, he's the one that boned his mom. So it's not even, uh, you killed my mom. Yeah. Uh, and you can't even you can't even uh say, Oh, he's mad because he didn't get a regular normal life. Because if he wanted a regular normal life, he could. He's a daywalker. He could put all his silver away and put on a suit and go have a job. And nobody would be any the wiser. Yeah. And even and if he did that, the vampires wouldn't even come for him because it wouldn't matter. So he could have a perfectly normal life. Apparently, he could also have children. So what's, he, what's the bitch about? Oh, no. He's going to live longer. Yeah. So I don't think we saw any, any like personal growth for Blight. No, we have no personal growth. We have no personality. We have no motive. That's the thing. He didn't have a personality to Not develop. at all. Okay. Um, so Krista, I think, is really the... Main character? The main character and the... Yeah. Well, at least she had personality. So from when we met her as a human, mm-hmm. coming home from the war until <laughs> the end of the season... Yeah, the, the way people write soldiers coming home from war is so tropey. But uh, I was like, is she coming home from the mental hospital? Or is she coming home from Iraq? It, boom, Iraq. It's so tropey. How do we feel about the development of her? Um, well, uh, she might have been a perfectly decent human. Uh, we didn't get very much of that. Like, hers, a human, was a, so she was a soldier, but we don't know what she did. But I have to quote to you one of the funniest damn things in the whole freaking show. Her brother gets killed by the main vampire dude, yeah? Yep. And the cops aren't doing anything about it. We find out later it's because the cop is a familiar. But she's like, hey, uh, let me go ahead and help you out um, uh, with this, with my brother's crime. Maybe I can help you. She goes, uh, can I see my brother's file? <laughs> The cops like, uh, no, like we don't show that stuff to civilians, weirdo. And she's like, well, I might be able to help. I was a sergeant in the army. <laughs> I'm just, uh, ooh, a sergeant. She couldn't even have said like I was an MP. No, hey doctor, can I help you with that surgery? I, I was, was a, a sergeant in the army. <laughs> like, bro, you were infantry. <laughs> yeah, but I cut things real good. How many times have we seen somebody in a show or a movie go, well, I was a, insert rank, in the army. Excuse the holy fuck out of me. 24 years married to the army. Not one damn time. Except that time you stayed at a Holiday Inn Express. <laughs> Did you have special knowledge 
that you could have done anything outside of your purview. Like, no. So excuse the fuck out of me. Get out of my office, lady. <laughs> oh, oh, God. I I almost peed my pants. That was so funny. I, I think written better. Her story could have actually been an interesting one. Hmm? Right? She... She wants to know what happened to her brother. She gets brought into this underworld of vampires. She has to learn the rules. Yep. And it's a Harry Potter moment here where she's new, so we have to learn the rules through her. Through yep. her. That right. didn't happen. She's Blade ends up sticking her with this serum, whatever. So now she's she's straddling the line between good and evil, right? Yeah. Let's let's say the serum is, is analogous to the soul that they shoved into shoved into Angel, right? So she she knows the morality, and she's yeah. caught between trying to be who she was and be a good person, and the allure of all of the elders of her new world telling her this is what you do, and these yeah. people are cattle. Except one. Her family made it really easy to be like, oh, fuck being a human. Yep. Her uncle was literally the worst. She should have bitten him, I'm telling you. Two, Blade said you need to take this serum to, to keep your head clear so that you can think. And he made it seem like if you're a vampire, you can't be civilized and function, except we see this whole world. Yeah. Like, she could have been a vampire and had blood and then still been able to make a moral choice, that serum does not make you moral. He acts like that serum this makes so- him... It, yeah, makes him better than all the rest of them, but he's not. Yeah. Like... <laughs> yeah, honestly... That the the yeah. head uh, van, whatever the fuck, uh, killed less people in this movie than... Uh, she did. Than, well, than she did, and then Blade did. He hit less humans. He injured less humans than Blade did yeah. in this movie. The main um, bad guy. And we've got this whole other house of vampires who are only drinking synthetic blood and are being like Cullen vegetarians. Yeah. And are living their own They're lives. They're living human lives. Yeah. Yeah, so exactly. This. So who's the, who's the bad guy here? Yeah, this, this dichotomy that they have where Blade is using his serum... I'm going to keep going back to the Buffy and Angel references, right? Blade is using his serum, pretending it's giving him a soul and making him a good guy. Yeah. Despite the fact that he's doing some really bad shit, Mm -hmm. right? And then you have vampires without the serum that are making good choices, kind of like Spike, right? Where they're they're choosing to be a good guy. And that's... Or not even a good guy, necessarily, but a neutral guy. Yeah. I mean, neutral... Even when you're a vampire, I feel like neutral is goodness. Yeah, and and that's somehow more a more powerful choice. I didn't used to like Spike. I come came around to him after like the third or fourth. I don't know how. I don't know. I mean, he's Uh, he's yeah no he he's just the best character on that show, right? And then you've got no Willow is the best character on the show. Okay, look. Anyway. We're not we're not here to talk about Buffy. Why not? Because I would much <laughs> rather talk about Buffy. But then, oh, I would tear up a Buffy podcast. But then you've got the Cullen vampires living in 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 their separate house. Yeah, there are so many layers to Blade's dichotomy, Blade's choice. 
being forced on Krista makes... Oh, she's being forced on both sides here. Yeah. She has absolutely no choice in what she's doing. Blade says, if you don't do this for me, I'll kill you. And they're like, oh, you're part of us. And if you don't, you know, do what we want, we're going to take you out. And she, she has no choice. We have no idea uh, what her character development would be if she'd been no. alone. And the fact that she latches on to, to Martin Van Scriver and allows it to at least look like she's in love with him. Oh, she's definitely she's definitely into him. Uh, there's, a, there's a big difference. I mean, maybe she's a bad actress. I don't know. But when you see an actress that knows what she's doing, she you can subtly indicate to the audience, I'm doing this, but I'm not doing it because I want to. Yeah. I did not get any of those. She was into it. I think we could we could have taken her character. Her character could have been taken to very interesting places. And yeah. I think... Well, she was the main character of the show. Yeah. And as per usual, she would never get credit for it because this is Blade's show. But she was definitely the main character of the show. Uh, her storyline, what was going on with her, was the thing we saw the most. Yeah. It was the most interesting part. Like all the stuff with Blade, I didn't. I didn't want to see any of that. He didn't need to be in the show at all. And it would if they just had it be her making a choice to still be human, even though she's a vampire, and try to take them out or help him take out the uh, pure bloods, whatever. It, that would have been a much better show without all the Blade stuff. Yeah. Because I like my heroes to be complex, but I also like them to be heroes. Yeah. The, the difference between a hero and a villain is simply rules. That's it. I mean, a hero can accidentally kill or can kill people. And like David Tennant in the, uh, being the doctor, even though he has to let somebody die, you can tell that it fucking tortures him. Sure. And, and he's like, if Blade was tortured by the fact that he had injured someone, um, if we saw any of that. It would make him more heroic. Like, I have to beat you up to get this information, but I feel terrible uh, terrible about it afterwards. You know? Which explains why you didn't like the Capaldi uh, No. Because he was like, everybody dies. Yeah, I didn't... Everybody dies. I can't say... I can't really save anybody. Exactly. That is exactly what I didn't like about him. Because David... After watching David Tennant and being able to read his mind... With just facial expressions, um, and and you knew that this hurt him. Uh, you know that when somebody somebody I don't want to do spoilers, but if somebody got injured or died or were being threatened with death, it was torturous. He was in a panic, and yeah. you could see it. He didn't have to say, "Oh no, I'm tortured." You know, like you could see it in his face. Yeah. Uh, if Blade. I don't know if it's the actor, the character, the writing. I don't know who to blame here, but if there had been an inkling. Like, you know, if you see a detective in a show, and he, he's uh, a boomer and doesn't show emotions, he goes to the bar and gets drunk about it. And then you know, okay, he feels bad because he has gone to be depressed in a bar. You know what? A perfect example of a stoic man who shows he is affected by his life mm-hmm. by, by loss without being all blubbery about it is Dr. Cox from Scrubs. Oh, yeah. Dr. Cox is 
insanely affected by every person, mm-hmm. every patient he loses, but he doesn't show it in in the way that we would now in no. a healthy way, <laughs> right? <laughs> no, he shows it by being a bigger asshole. Yep, and occasionally just shutting down and having to have some time to himself. Yeah, but also when you say that, I immediately the episode where his, bro- his um, brother is dead, brother-in-law. Brendan Fraser. Brendan Fraser, yeah. Oh, it breaks my heart all over again just to think about it. Uh, but again, in his facial expressions, you can see his soul cracking in him. Oh, yeah. You absolutely see it. And maybe that's just an incredible skill, um, and we've been really lucky to have amazing actors, and we're spoiled. I don't know. Yeah, well, Johnny C is, is pretty awesome. Yeah, well, he scares me a little. Yeah. Oh, no, I... I wouldn't want to be locked in a room with him. No. Oh, no. <laughs> That's why I wanted you to watch the, the Intensity movie, because that watching it a second time, it wasn't as scary. <laughs> it's the first time I watched it, but the first time I watched it, he scared the piss out of me, yeah. that guy. Oh, can you imagine if he was Blade? That's a good discussion we're having about Krista here. Because <laughs> well, I don't care about okay. Krista. Um, I really don't. A couple other characters that possibly develop throughout. We we touched on Martin Van Scriber a little bit. Yeah. I wish these names were easier to remember. Sure. He goes from being the pinnacle bad guy to being a underling who is trying to make a play for power because he's tired of being a second class. Yeah, I didn't enjoy that much either. I don't think he changes throughout. I think we're supposed to see him differently throughout the show. But never yeah. once does he become really a, a sympathetic villain to well, me. No, because you would think, knowing that he was getting revenge for his wife, uh, like that should have been his main plot line. Yeah. Or it shouldn't have been in there at all. Yeah. Because it was more of an afterthought. Because, again, he didn't even make that guy, he didn't even stretch it out. He just, like, okay, you're dead now. Whatever. Let's move on. Because I've got more important things to do. How do you pine for a woman for a hundred years and then just throw away the plot that way? Yeah. It makes no sense. I've been waiting a hundred years to get vengeance, but I've got some new nookie now, so uh, it really is more about the power that I'm trying to Okay, so he gave his dead wife's, assuming his wife is dead, necklace to his new girlfriend. That was super icky. Yeah, and for a guy who's been alive that long, he, he... he says later he doesn't even know her well enough to trust her. But he gave her his wife's necklace. But, yeah. Okay, so uh, if I die before you and you get a girlfriend and you give her any of my shit, I'm going to shove my ghost foot up your ass. I, I think Super uncool, dude. I think your children would have your back there. I would fucking haunt you for the rest of eternity. Believe that. Uh, that could, again, another piece of a story that would have been really good if they'd focused on it at all and, yeah. and fleshed it out. Yeah, um, no, that the character development we got for him is his uh, wife's character development is we're going to rape your wife and kill her. And holy God, in front of you. I mean, I know you said this was a Spike show, but I was not expecting fucks. Uh, your pretty graphic sex. Yeah, boobies. And rape, like full on, like even Outlander didn't do rape that like that. Outlander did rape. No, 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 no. Uh, Outlander did, um, like, okay, no, no, no. The, the stuff with Jamie was yeah. like that. 
But it was, um, that part was important. Like, showing what happened with Jamie and, and Jack was important. Even though it was, sure. I'll never watch that part of the show again. But the way they did it in this show, it was like, you saw full, it was a full body scene with movement and tearing of clothes. And if you know anything about historical clothes, they actually at least did that fairly accurately. Uh, but a, a major trigger warning. Sure. Like, don't even bother watching this. Well, and the thing is, is it was really inconsistent, right? Like, if you get an HBO show at the same time, yeah, HBO is like, oh, we can show boobies. We're going to show boobies all the time, every episode, yeah, all the time, and maybe a schlong every once in a while. Yeah, right. Because we can, right? And we're HBO, so we're going to throw all of the all of the dirty language we can at you. We're going to throw it at you. Maybe because it was Spike and a cable sh- channel. Because some shows on some channels have different rules. So yeah. maybe maybe they were allowed to say fuck only once a season. Yeah. They were like. Because they were like one time boobs, one time bouncy bouncy sex. Like two fucks, I think. And and the and the rape scene. Like they it was it was sporadic, so maybe there were rules about how much. HBO's like, we're gonna take this right to the edge of an X rating and Spike is like we barely got us an R well so we're going to use it carefully and throw it in your face okay but it should be uh, we're supposed to be talking about character development I don't, when we jumped into listen okay character development Krista we got uh, Blade we took care of Chase what about Chase's character We she starts out being a lackey she ends up actually having agency at the end um what do you mean? Well, she decides. No. no, she doesn't decide. She decides to be on the side of the pure blood. Okay, no, she didn't decide. No, she didn't. She didn't because she chose a path out of fear. She was given an ultimatum, and that is not a choice. Okay. Um, if you stick with him, then you will die painfully. Um and since they already knew what he was up to, she had no choice. She sabotaged the device uh-huh. that would have killed all the purebloods. Yeah, but not all of them. All of the purebloods in that house. She she chose to sabotage that and chose the purebloods over like that was her choice. Yeah, but she did that because she was because she was threatened. I don't know if you caught all that stuff in the airplane. Yeah, I did. Like that was fear. That she made the decision out of fear. Okay. Because if he failed, um, if he failed at what he said he was going to do, which he hadn't proved to her yet, really that it was going to work. They only did it on one person, vampire. If he failed at his plot, she was going to pay the price. And he's just one person and weak. So she chose the side that it's like looking at a civil war and trying to figure out which one's going to win, so that you don't end up being hung at the end. That's fair. It's not a choice. Okay. Um, I don't think that she got character development so much. We just... Because I don't know anything about her. She was created by one of the the Cullen vampires. The one who led Krista through the blood ritual. She left him to be with Van Scriver. She she followed him loyally, loved him. We thought that that was mutual. 
he ends up picking up a new toy. Okay, but you understand, though, that that's storyline, not character development. No, that's fair, but this is all explains her choice, right? Her choice to... Because in the end, she chose the the family over the the guy that is no longer her boyfriend because he's now... Well, we don't even know if they were... I don't think that they were together like that. Well, I, I felt I think like that was an were. unrequited situation. He didn't, he didn't, I, I didn't get that impression. But um, she chose the, 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 she chose the stronger side. Yeah. But we, I mean, like, we don't know who she was before she was a vampire. We don't know how she feels about anything. We know what she chose to do, but not, I mean, they never told us why she was with Van Scriver. No, that's fair. And all of this is, is stuff that we could come back to. Well, we'll save that for, for... Well, anybody else? Because, like, Blade's familiar didn't have... No, Chen... Um... Oh, my God. He's not... The one thing I learned about him in this season is he is not the dude that you want with you on an undercover mission. <laughs> I would have shot him right in his freaking eyeball. He ruins everything. Absolutely everything. The one episode that I liked... He was definitely a poor replacement for Whistler. Oh, I don't, Whistler would never have been the one to Whistler, be in the bar. Whistler would have had his back. Uh, and They would have gotten some other poor schlub to play that part. And uh, as far as like a, a comic sidekick like Cannibal King. Yeah. Uh, oh, uh, I almost forgot. 2006 was Ryan Reynolds making movies by this point because oh fuck yeah I would have re- I would have loved him as Hannibal King in this part being well, he, a sidekick. Honey, he was in the third Blade movie. That's what I'm saying. Like if they kept him, this is a continuation of the movies. So if they could have brought Hannibal King into the TV show, uh, no, it probably would have killed Ryan Reynolds' career. Absolutely. Okay, so uh, there's another thing that ticked me off. Uh, the um, in the development of the killing the pure bloods, um, they make this chick think she's pregnant. Oh yeah, who's clearly never been pregnant before and doesn't know how it feels. And so now we have this other trigger warning of it's not really a miscarriage. She thinks she's pregnant. She thinks she's having a baby for a couple who can't have a baby. Yeah. And then she finds out that what she actually is is an incubator for poison. Yeah. And it fucking eats away her uterus so that the doctor has to give her a hysterectomy. Like a back alley abortion. Like just in the living room. It's not sterile. Has to give her an emergency hysterectomy and she's never going to have kids. Because she was going to give someone else a baby. Yeah. Holy fuck sticks. Yeah, that's horrible. Let's just, uh, let's go ahead and make a rule now that you cannot be anywhere near a woman's vagina for a plot line. That's not what that's for. (laughs) I'm so sick and tired of, like, it, that is not our whole personality, right? That is not the only thing that can then develop a female character. It's not the only thing that you can use of a woman to make a storyline. Why do they keep doing this? And, it, and it's a goddamn man writing it. Yeah. So there's no way 
if you are that pregnant and there's no baby movement, that you wouldn't know something was wrong. Yeah, let me um, me pause real quick. You looking to see if there are any women writing this? To see if there are any women on the writing cast or staff. Well, if there are women writing this story and they let this storyline go through without saying, hey, dude, uh, babies kick. And if you were pregnant and didn't feel a baby kick, you would freak out and run to the doctor. Um, I mean, because they tell you to, like, when you get more pregnant, you're supposed to count how often the baby moves. There is a Barbara Nance who got credit for two of the episodes, and that is it. Uh-huh. And I bet you they weren't the pregnant woman or the rape episodes. Uh, David Goyer, 14 episodes. A Jeff Johns got four episodes. A Daniel Tully got three and then Barbara Nance got two. Yeah. They Oh, man, they gave Gene Cohen credit for one episode. Who? He's a, the comic book writer. That, oh. Um, Listen, uh, it's a really big deal if a baby doesn't move a certain number of times in an hour. And it's not believable that she's walking around with a, a belly full of fluid and doesn't realize something's wrong. I know that they had... Um, like, she had a visit to the doctor, and the doctor told her everything was fine. But I'm sorry, having been pregnant twice, carried to full term, um, when the doctor tells you something is fine and you feel like it's not, you don't believe the damn doctor. Yeah. Nobody ever believes the doctor when the doctor says, oh, yeah, everything's cool. I mean, I have to imagine that there's a big difference between a living being inside of you and a belly full of fluid. Well, I can tell you that, uh, well, yes, there is, because... Um, she looked like she was what? She was six months pregnant? At least. By that time, the baby is. Laurel used to put her foot under my rib, my lower rib, and shove it out. And you will remember that I my ribs were broken uh, at one point, and um, it was excruciating. She would shove her feet into my bladder, and you could you can see the baby's head, elbows, knees, and feet in your skin. Uh, when they roll across your belly, uh, it is freaking obvious that there is a parasite sitting in your gut. And uh, and I, yeah, there there's a huge difference. As a matter of fact, um, the very first time that I ever felt Laurel move, it was like a tiny little, like a little butterfly that was uh, in my body. And it, like, I wasn't, hadn't really been like aware, aware of being pregnant like, I knew I was pregnant, but I didn't feel it. And then all of a sudden, I felt this little, like, just in the middle of my gut. And I was in the middle of doing something. And this tells you how, what a weird sensation it was. I was in the middle of doing something, and I froze. And I was like, oh, my God, my body just did something. And then I felt it again and realized there, there was a tiny, tiny, like, thimble-sized human inside of me swishing around in water. And that's what it feels like. It's like... um like if you had a grape in your mouth and your mouth also had like water in it or you can move it, you, that's what it feels like. It's just the weirdest thing in the whole entire world. So I just can't imagine, even if it's your first time being pregnant, that, that you wouldn't know something was wrong. It's just not believable. And it's a huge trigger warning for, for miscarriage, for abortion, for rape. Like They just went all the way for it. it I, I only watched it because I had to. I didn't like it. I didn't. I don't want to see it again. I don't. Mm-mm. Nope. Okay. We've talked uh, storylines. Mm-hmm. We've talked character development. Mm-hmm. 
the next thing we've got on our list is to talk um, connections. What do you mean? Uh, to the Marvel Universe at large. There isn't one. Okay, so... <laughs> I'm sorry. I just don't understand... Okay, you talk, because this is all you. Well, this is mostly a placeholder for when we start getting into the MCU TV shows. Sure, well, we don't have to do it then. But this series is allegedly directly connected to the three movies. Well, unless dude in the third movie was actually Deadpool in disguise, nuh-uh. This is set in the same universe well, you say that. as the Blade Trilogy. Do we believe that? No. Ish. Actually, no. No, no, no. Because especially when every time Blade shot himself up with a serum, he made a big deal about it, like, hurting or something. That wasn't in the movies. No. Like, he might have grunted a little bit, but he was really stoic. And this guy was like, I'm dying. Every damn time. And early was annoying. He made one mention that he missed the inhalers. Yeah, once. Like five seconds after we started going, wait a minute, why is he shooting himself up? Because they knew somebody was going to say something. But that was us seeing the writing. Not them actually like doing the story. That was annoying as piss because the inhalers would have just been way more convenient for the whole thing. Um, he didn't have his car anymore. He had some stupid motorcycle and he did have a car for like five seconds, but he didn't have any of the cool armor stuff. Like, the, it was just... You know what You know what it makes me think of? Remember when you watched the first Karate Kid, and at the end of the movie, you're like, oh, this kid's like a badass Karate Kid, right? Yeah. Because, like, that's the name of the movie, and he kicked Johnny's ass. And then you went to go watch Karate Kid 2, and you didn't remember anything about karate, and you were like, what the fuck? Why is the Karate Kid Gumby? Exactly, Karate Kid, because this guy... Just got done killing fucking Dracula. Allegedly, the first vampire. But at the same time, killing Dracula wasn't all that hard. But It wasn't even like a big boss fight at the end of a video game. It wasn't all that exciting. He's getting fucking tossed around like... Oh, yeah, dude. That big vampire guy, it was like way harder to kill him than it was to kill the the guy they said was the big bad in the show. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I don't know. He was. He, there was a lot of times where he was getting tossed around like he'd he'd never been in a fight before. Yeah. Like it would have been harder for that big vampire to throw me around than it was for him to throw a uh, blade around. So I'm, I'm not sure, and especially since there's no mention of Whistler's daughter. Nope. No mention of Hannibal King. It does not feel like a legitimate sequel to the movies. Well. It would have been as simple as them just referencing something that happened in the movies, besides the inhaler. They did mention the inhaler thing. Yeah. But it felt more like housekeeping than an important part of the yeah. story. This, um, this new tech guy was talked a couple of times about my toys always work, my stuff always works, but there was no building from the cool gadgets, especially since that third fucking movie was all about the weapons. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Half as hot as the sun. No connection to to the movies at all. Written by the same guy, even, so you feel like it should have been more coherent. And I lost it. Yeah, well, you know why? Because he didn't keep... You know how, like, real authors keep a, 
a timeline and like a cheat sheet of character development and, and backstory. Uh, I feel like that guy, this guy didn't do that. No, no. He just, it, it's, again, I said earlier, it's like he, he did this begrudgingly because it was a part of the contract to do the third movie or something. Because, like, it made dumb decisions. Like, the, the freaking, the dialogue was so awkward in places. And I know dialogue is a tougher part of writing, but, like, he's written three, at least three movies by now. You'd think he'd be better at it. Don't you get better with practice? Yeah. But, like, so, uh, when, um, Krista gets Marcus's backstory. Yeah. She's, like, looking in her own mind of memories that she already had, but didn't know if she could access. And she, she says to the dude, oh, you were, and he says, young. And she goes, human. And then she asks, asks him, was that before you returned? <laughs> like, she's watching him be a human, and she could tell he's not a vampire. She says he was so human because he's different now. And then the dumb bitch asks him if this is before he was a vampire. Like, how is that dialogue? Like, she could have just said, you were so human. It's so strange compared to how you are now. Or, it's amazing you still have a piece of that humanity. Or, something else there. Not, Dude, was that uh, before or after you got turned into a vampire that you were so human? Also, they kept talking about all these 12 houses. We got, like, two house names. Yeah. Well, and, and that'll be... That is set up for the future. Sure, yeah. That is that is future-proofing the series. But also, what they could have done, instead of having a conclave of their own people only, they could have had a conclave of the representatives from each all that house. Absolutely. Right? Because we're trying to better all vampires, not just our house, right? And then they could have been like, Krista, you don't know any of these people. This is house so-and-so, and that's house so-and-so, yeah. and that's how. And then these are their glyphs, and you really need to learn how to read our glyphs so that... I mean, they kind of touched on it a little bit. They're like, uh, that means it's safe, and that means it's not safe. But somebody should have been like, okay, you're a baby vampire, and not only are you a baby vampire, but you are in one of the higher positions in this house, in this situation. So in order to not fuck everything up, you need to understand how this works. We need to do a little Hogwarts here. Yeah. Like, these are the glyphs, this is what it means, and... I don't know. Bite my uh, like bite my wrist and suck my blood so that you can glean my knowledge. Yeah. And I mean they could have just done that and they didn't have to do a learning montage, right? They could have just thrown in that with my blood you gain all the knowledge. Uh, I mean they did it with his memories, so yeah. and it kind of, like I thought at first the memories were like little flashes of like the most important thing, but then later they made it seem like she literally had every memory of his entire life. Yeah. Like, well, that's fancy because I don't even have every memory of my life. Yeah. So can you, let me bite you and then you can bite me back and then I'll have all my memories too. <laughs> <laughs> they, they just weren't good at telling us. All right, so our next segment mm -hmm. is the closing of the season. How did the season close? On a stupid cliffhanger. Yeah, this one closed on a pretty shitty cliffhanger. <sighs> they they kill the, the purebloods. Krista thinks she killed Chase, but... No. Nuh -uh. How could she possibly think she killed Chase? She, because... She dropped seven stories. If she didn't dust and she didn't turn to goo. So bitch is not dead. 
she should know this <laughs> because she's a vampire and she's watched it over and over again. Um, At this point, she has killed her own mother and has done it for herself and seen it in person. She should know. And she didn't she help kill the cop that she turned to? Uh, oh, no, matter. I'm pretty sure I was sleeping with my eyes open at that point. doesn't matter. But uh, the season closes with Van Scriber telling Krista that he knows that she was working with Blade mm-hmm. and then putting her in a chokehold. Uh-oh, she's going to die. No, she's not. Um, you know what was really funny was, like, we were yelling, She's still alive, you dumbass! And then a little bit later, they... They look down the stairwell where her body had been, right? And then they focus in closer, and you see that there's a big puddle of blood, but no vampire body. Like, that was supposed to shock us that, oh my god, she's not dead? No fucking shit, you goddamned idiot! (laughs) We knew she wasn't dead the instant she landed on the ground. You know how we knew that? Because vampires dust, or with your new magic serum, turn to goo. What the holy hell did they... Who do they think their audience is? I know they think their audience has got to be adults because they were tits. And we don't usually show teenagers tits. But this was teenager level story. The body's gone. Oh my god. She was alive the whole time. Yes, anyway. I'm sorry. No. What uh, were we doing? We were <laughs> we were discussing how satisfactorily or unsatisfactorily it ended. The season ended. Yeah, they didn't What was the point of him doing that? Because you know in a story if they don't just pick up the gun and shoot the bitch in the face that that person is going to live. Yeah. Always. Yeah. Almost never. Does someone do that big, long, bad guy spiel at the end of a show, and then they get popped and actually die? Never happens. Yeah. Or almost never happens. I'm sure it's happened once or twice. Uh, But you already know without seeing the season that never was that she's going to be a main character in the rest of the show. It looks like that's the intention. Oh, yeah. And it's not even a damn cliffhanger. She's a vampire. We're not supposed to like her. We're supposed to want her dead. But she's a vampire. And it really annoyed me that... It didn't feel like any of it was wrapped up. Blade is just like, eh, good enough, and goes home. What do you mean good enough? It's not vacation time. Millions of vampires all over the world. Get to work, dude. No, exactly. And so there was a there was a season-ending plot where somehow, now that all of the purebloods in that house are dead, Van Scriber is going to be the top dog of the house. Sure. And Krista, being a spy, right next to him, one of his lieutenants, is going to give Blade access to more vampires of a higher rank. But, I mean, it won't, because all he has to do... I mean, seriously, if you want to kill all of the pure blood vampires, and somehow killing the pure blood vampires changes something, just go grab some of dude's serum and have your, your acolyte reproduce it yeah. and it doesn't kill if it doesn't kill humans and it doesn't kill um other vampires like turned vampires just spray that shit everywhere like spray it like they used to spray us in the face with ddt yeah so like blade intentionally doesn't kill van scriber even though he could have and 
Uh, Chen comes in and shoots Krista. He could have let the vampires kill him. If he'd waited five minutes, he would have been dead. Well, but he didn't want Van Scriver dead. He wanted Van Scriver in a Where did you get that from? By listening to the show. <sighs> well, what were you doing that for? <laughs> For our dear audience. who I Okay, love. stop kissing everybody's butt. <laughs> he wanted Van Scriver alive. That's why when Chen came in, he shot Krista. So Krista would have an excuse to not kill Blade, but to grab Van Scriver and escape. Oh, is that what that was? That's what that was. Are you sure? Because it yes. sure looked to me like he was like, Blade sucks. I'm going to do this myself. No. He shot her, but didn't shoot her fatally, so she could grab Van Scriver okay. and escape. Well, except we saw other vampires get shot by those bullets, not fatally, in dust. So, whatever. Yes. It was intentional. It was all intentional. Except put... they shot vampires in the gut with those bullets, and they dusted. I know. But it was it was 100% to put Krista in a position of power yeah. as a spy for them. Okay. Uh, and let's uh, talk a little more about the inconsistency, um, because uh, one of the vampires is wearing a sterling silver necklace, right? Okay. Well, if the sterling silver hurts them... That should have dusted him. It should have melted through him and killed him. Or at least made him weaker, right? No, it should have killed him. It should have burned him. Like even just touching it? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, then maybe, maybe that was the actor's necklace and he forgot to take it off and, you know, they... They didn't care at that point if they were being good or not. And uh, they just all have sterling silver knives. Is that why when someone's uh, voice box got sliced, they dusted? Yes. Because that was driving me nuts. Like, Chick kicked up in the air and the guy dusted and I didn't even see what the hell touched him. Oh, bleh. Trigger warning. Grody stuff ahead. Uh, Another thing I got to complain about because this is never going to leave my head for the rest of my entire life. And I hate them all for it. Krista and Marcus are doing the deed, and um, he had been wounded, right? And he's oozing blood out of his chest and not healing yet. So while they're making out, oh, I don't even know if I can say it out loud without gagging. She's like licking down his chest, and then I thought, oh, oh God, I can't look. But then she licks his open bloody wound. Holy mother of God, why? It was gross, and I, I'm not normally grossed out by stuff like that. But for whatever reason, I thought I was going to die. And then and then in the previously on, they showed it like three more damn times. I couldn't escape it. Well, and all of the vampire medical shit was totally inconsistent from the movies. Or any other vampire lore you've ever heard in your life. Let me ask you another question. Uh, there was something about the Native American uh, vampires in the flashbacks that bothered me. Yeah. It, maybe it's just because I assume that all white people are doing it wrong. And, are, like, I mean, because I don't know everything about, I don't know much about most Native American cultures. It's not a thing that we're ever taught, right? So I don't know if those if those headdresses were accurate, if their their face paint was accurate, but... Well, especially accurate to that period of time in and around Detroit. In the 1800s, it looked like? Yeah. Um, well, Detroit was uh, Detroit became a city in, in the early 1700s. 
Um, so it could have been anywhere from the 1700s to the 1800s, but they were the clothes looked 1800s to me. Yeah, well, yeah, and no, it specifically said 1800s. Did it? Yeah. Um, okay, so, and we know he's not any older than that because he was a human when he started his store in Detroit mm-hmm. with his wife. I, I don't know if I'm being racist against white people or and just assuming they're stupid, or maybe I'm just, it's not even racism, it's just automatically assuming people are stupid. It, it felt very icky. They've made Native Americans the bad guy again for no no reason at all whatsoever. It wasn't necessary to the story at all. And I'm pretty sure they'd all been run out by then anyway from the Detroit area. Yeah. They had to have been because that's, that's way too far. Yeah. It was just, it was anachronistic. And it felt icky. I didn't like it. Yeah. It could have been just a band of, of people. Random people. Just, just, Highway robbery guys. I don't know. Why did it have to be Native Americans in full dress with full face paint and the whole shebang? Put uh, dangling people over fires and stuff. Well, what is that? And you know what that did for me? Hmm. Is it made me realize that for the most part, vampires wouldn't exist pre civilization. Well, no. Because how the fuck do they stay out of the sunlight? Caves? They could burrow under the ground like a prairie dog. <laughs> Live in Alaska? Uh, North Pole? So that brings us to our last TV show segment. Mm-hmm. Looking forward. Uh-huh. Uh, now, we know that this show didn't get another season. Thank God. I would, I would not be watching a second season of this. I'll I'll cut off your foot first. But did they did they leave places to take a second season? And what do we think they could have done with it? Um. Well, I mean, obviously, the first episode of the second season would be her trying to get out of dude killing her. Uh, Krista, I'm sorry, I suck at names. Yeah, Krista would need to save herself. Because Blade thinks she's good, right? They they think they've done enough to solidify her position. Yep. Um, there's no... Perhaps um, Marcus gets Krista to call Blade and get Blade to come save her. And then they take Blade out. Or try to take Blade out. Yep. Well, and then I guess uh, what I would do if that pile of shit was my work, the next thing I would do is... Um, Hold on, let me lose some IQ points real quick. Uh, just move on to the next house, I reckon. And have her kill Marcus and then go to the next house and be like, hey, I was Marcus's acolyte. I need a place to go. I guess. Yeah. Um, just one house at a time? I mean, if you're going to be... I, well, and I, I think that's one of the things they could do. That's not what I would do if I was writing this whole thing. Is, is they could start exploring the other houses. Um, yeah, but that would be boring as so shit. So we've got Chase working in the background uh, to come back as a big villain later on, right? She wants vengeance. For what? She's a vampire. Yeah. She could choose to live forever. What's there to be... Va- Dude, if, if I became a vampire tomorrow, I wouldn't be mad. What's there to be mad about? You know, what would make me mad is if someone turned me into a vampire and then told me I had to do what they said. <laughs> and this is too easy. I pretend to do what they say until I figure out what all the rules are, and then I fucking kill them. 
And I know that's my answer to everything because you know what? It's a permanent solution to a lot of problems. <laughs> I do, like being a vampire would be fun. What you do is are like, okay, I'm a vampire, but I don't want to be a murdery asshole. So I am a detective now. Like lots of, of soldiers become detectives. You become a detective, right? And then you find serial killers or bad guys, child molesters, and eat them. Just Dexter the crap out of them. And, and then, boom, you have a whole other show with her. And you don't even need Blade. They have an advantage to Dexter, right? Because Dexter had to do something with the body. Oh, yeah. they. You can fucking eat them and then turn them and then dust them. And then there's no forensics to clean up. Yeah, you know why? Because ash doesn't have any DNA in it, so you wouldn't even know what it was. It's just dust in the wind. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It, it, but, I mean, that, that's what I would do with it. if I got turned as a vampire in real life. That's totally what I would do. I would just... Uh, but I, I do think the show left us plenty of room to explore oh, yeah. more. Yeah, if you wanted it. Yeah. I mean, clearly nobody did. I didn't even know it was a show. I mean, after the first movie, after I watched the first movie and was like, wow, that was lame, I, it wasn't on my radar at all. The, the CSI rerun that ran at the same time mm-hmm. as the season finale... Which is definitely what I was watching. ...got ten times as many viewers. Because, yeah. So you know why? Nobody knew this show was... Good. Wait, wasn't it even... It was CSI New York even, wasn't it? Yeah. That's not even one of the good ones. Like, I love CSI, but there are two that I would never watch. Under pain of death, I still wouldn't watch. All right. I don't want to call anybody out, but I think everybody knows. All right, so you're supposed to force yourself to call out some highlights. I already did. Okay. I really like that serial killer guy. I wanted to see more of that. That was like some good, classic, like, spooky, serial killer, creepy guy. Only this time, his delusion, like, you could see where he got his delusion from. Yeah. Like, say you've never heard of vampires before in your life. And you wake up one morning feeling hungover, but it's not hungover. Like, all of a sudden, you're dying of thirst for blood. And your teeth, the the sun hurts your skin, and when you cut your arm open, it heals immediately. Holy shit, I must be a god. He said angel, but he must have been religious before that but i like i am a god you know what i mean like what else do you think you are so his delusion isn't actually delusional something's up with him he's special some way he's just called it the wrong name and and the murderous thing is just because he's thirsty for blood and that's how he you know it made sense um and he was creepy as fuck with his made out of ladies skin face mask with the teeth glued onto it. <laughs> Yucky and awesome. Best part of the whole show. All 13 hours. <laughs> uh, and I can tell you right now off the top, the thing that annoyed me the most, and and it's a weird nitpick, but when that detective guy got turned into a vampire and he was in a body bag and they were going to like, I don't know, freaking harvest him or something. I don't know what the hell they were. They were going to practice killing him, whatever. Uh, he pulled out his own goddamn fang to tear the plastic bag open and escape. <laughs> and well, I don't know about you, but, you know, if I have fingers that can hold a tooth 
and slice open, then I could just use my fingers to tear the plastic. Or I met a piece of plastic I couldn't tear apart. Or take the plastic yeah. into your mouth and use the tooth while it's in your head to cut a hole in it. Question one, do the fangs grow back? Question two, as soon as he pulled that tooth out, why didn't it dust? It is now dead. It should have dusted. But instead, they didn't follow that rule. They, uh, The FBI guy had the tooth in a vial, and he accidentally held it up to the light so he could get a better look at it, and it dusted in the bottle days and days and days and days later. Pissed me off beyond belief. It, because it's just an example of the thing that actually did piss me off was the, the lack of rules. If something's dead, it dusts. That's the rule. Yeah. When they took the serum and they were dying, they should have dusted. But no. Instead, they wanted to make them all bubble up and... Uh, and just inconsistency and not following the rules. So, Jay, in in 13 hours of TV, Jay, what was the worst thing for you? Uh, I, the thing that offended me the most was the, uh, the, the raping a wife as a motivation for the dude. Uh, that... That offended me. Um, yes, the scientific inconsist or the the internal inconsistencies of the the mythology bad. Yeah, I've never heard of vampires having spidey powers, um, crawling up walls and stuff. That was we saw the Uber vamps in the in the movie. Well, yeah, but I'm talking about in this franchise as a whole. The the spiders crawling up or spiders, vampires crawling up walls and stuff. Weird. Um, I don't understand how that's the physics of that. What? Yeah, that those were the worst uh, for me. And the the one thing that I would say redeems the show is the the metaphysical stuff that they started adding to it gave them room to explore some things that the movies never touched. What do you mean? The what they call them the after death experiences where you're you're oh. tapping into the deeper connection of the person who created you. The, well, but that's not a... That wasn't their idea. The, that's a that's a thing. The bloodbath, um, being able to, like, use that to locate... Yeah, that, your, that very... Progeny. That very much stole, not in a, not a literal uh, usage, but a kind of a... Like, I swear they got that idea from, like, a Native American... They mentioned sweat lodges. Yeah, that that was stolen. They have they they have appropriated but that idea. Bringing bringing the the metaphysical stuff into the vampires, it created a space where had the show continued, they could have really explored uh, more. And I don't know how sure. much of that comes from the comics, uh, or whether that's entirely David Goyer's creation for the. No, show. but I tell you what the. Um, Stealing other cultures' um, religious um, practices practices is is gross. Unless they're somehow trying to say that vampirism um, originated from Native Americans um, or Native people as a whole, I, I I don't know. It's just yucky. I don't like it. It. I mean, it wasn't it, it wasn't a good thing to do in two thousand six, and it's even worse thing to do now culturally. This definitely doesn't hold up. There were a lot of other things that bugged me. Like, there was just, there was so much, it's hard to, I don't want to just list it all off. But especially the, the medical stuff, the giant hypodermic needles that look like caulk guns. And 
Oh, yeah. The uh, the medical stuff. Where instead of drinking blood, they put the blood into the vampires' bodies um, with IVs. Mm-hmm. Like, at one point, Chick had, like, eight different IVs in different por- parts of her body. Why? <laughs> that makes no sense. Like... You give them blood, every other damn story in the history of the world with vampires, they drink the blood and they get all they need from the blood by absorbing it in their stomach. And then they get stronger, they heal faster and what have you. But they're just putting blood into their bodies. And it makes no damn sense to me. Yeah. Now, some of that, some of that does come from the movies. No, I don't remember uh, them having a medical team. Not a medical team, but, like, they would bathe in blood to heal faster. Sure. Well, I mean, have it be one or the other. Yeah. I, I just assume you're bathing in blood and drinking it while you're in the, you know, submerged. But uh, Chick, uh, Krista, when she was doing the bloodbath thing, she was under the blood and not breathing for five and a half hours. But then when she comes out, she's sputtering and acting like she was drowning. It wasn't until later that I, uh, they said that she was under for five hours uh, and then she's acting like, like she couldn't breathe. And I kept changing my mind about whether they were supposed to be alive or not alive. Um, and, and again, the inconsistency was confusing. You spend more time trying to figure out whether they're accurate than you are paying attention to the story. Yeah. Nah. No, I'm with you. Now, I can watch a show that's not written well, but follows the rules, and at least at least I won't hate it, hate it. But this, I hate it. All right, so this is going to be super hard. Mm. Um, we now have to rank it uh, and put it on the small screen Marvel list. Mm-hmm. Well, it just goes on it. Name relative to change, or name subject to change in the future. Uh-huh. Nobody cares what you call it, babe. Everybody cares about everything. This is 2022. Uh, but yes, this is one of one for seasons of TV shows. Yeah, I'm never going to forgive you for this. Uh, I do, do not enjoy this aspect of your personality where we must do all the things. I am not a completist. If, if things suck, I abandon it. And this sucked. I don't want to do it anymore. Well, you don't have to I do it again. Don't. Yes, I do, because you're going to make me watch. Can't even think of any. Oh, what's the name of this stupid show I have to watch now? The freaking. Um, oh, it's like NCIS with Marvel crap. What is it? <laughs> Are you talking about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Yes. Do you know how long I've been avoiding any of that? Yuck. I don't, I'm never going to forgive you for this. I don't like it. I don't know if I will survive. Like, if all the rest of the TV shows are anywhere near this bad, I don't know if I'm going to survive it. We know some of the TV shows are decent. Yeah, well, because you started making me watch them, even though you know I'm going to have to watch them a second time. And also, I'm annoyed about that. But at least it'll be so far in the future that maybe I'll have forgotten all of it by then. Yes, Miss Marvel is fucking awesome. It's written for a younger audience, but I feel like I was a teenager yesterday, so it's not... It's definitely a fun show. Yeah, I'm enjoying it. Moon Knight? Oh, it's great. Listen, I want a tattoo with that bird dude somewhere on me. Uh, and I am looking forward to watching, um, you're going to have to help me with the name, but the the one with David Tennant in it. 
That's the first season of Jessica Jones. Jessica Jones. Okay, I don't give a flying crap about Jessica Jones, and I know nothing about her character because I wasn't watching her. David Tennant is a spectacular bad guy in that first season. Yeah. Uh, and I'm super excited to watch that again. I love him. He is perfection. That guy is like, you fall in love with him so easily, and then you like get creeped out by him so easily, and then you fall in love bad guy style with him so easily. Like, he's just... And if you look at him objectively, he's not a terribly attractive guy, but there's something when he turns on, he's he's like magic. It's like watching a shapeshifter in action. It's amazing. But we're not watching a TV show next week. No, what are we watching next week? Oh, you don't know? Why would I know? No, I do not read the list that we share that I have access to. I do not look at it. Would you be happy if we put Marvel back in a box? <gasps> are we watching an attractive man on a motorcycle? I mean, he's on a motorcycle. <gasps> you don't think that Nicolas Cage is attractive? Uh, he's exactly the same chest hair pattern as you. Which the world needed to know. It's fascinating to me. <laughs> it's I don't know why. I love him. Okay, yes, he's made some strange choices recently, and that fucked me up because I'm like, ooh, Nicolas Cage, I'll watch whatever he's in, and that got changed real quick when I accidentally watched that Left Behind religious crap. I'd like to sue him for my two hours back on that one. <laughs> oh, God, it was bad. But evidence that a really good actor, someone I know is an amazing, amazing actor, if they have a shitty script, they're all of a sudden a shitty actor. Unless he was high the whole time. I don't know what happened there. Okay. So, unbeknownst to me, I fell in love with a Marvel movie. When it first came out, I had no idea. I feel like you hit it from me on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> you skunk. I have watched this movie like 900 times. Uh, this is the one movie that I feel like I could talk about now without watching it. Okay. He's, he's making a deal with the devil, and he's doing stunts on Oh, I loved Evil Knievel. I know this doesn't fit with the rest of my personality, but, like, all those motorcycle tricks and stuff and that whole, like, caravan carnival life thing that he had going up grow, when he was growing up. And, and then you've got, like, a chick I actually like having a romance with him. And, and there's, like, character development. And then there's Sam Elliott. There is Sam Elliott. Oh, he makes everything better. He's Make, like Sriracha. Making his second Marvel appearance. What was he in the first time? Oh, oh yeah. Making his better Marvel appearance. <laughs> Dude, I love this movie so much, it's ridiculous. Okay. Like, I couldn't even get you to watch the... What, what was it? There was a second one, yeah? Yeah. We watched it. Yeah, but you didn't want to. No. Do you not let... Are you telling me that all the Marvel movies that I like, you don't like? <laughs> because, consistently, the ones I like are not comic booky. I mean, because this is, to me, this doesn't seem comic booky. It's the devil. And it's, it's you know, kind of gothic and spooky. Yeah. And there's, like, you know, that, that whole Romeo and Juliet love story thing going on. Okay. Yay! Can we watch it twice? <laughs> Can we watch it now? I will let me let me cleanse my brain uh, with with that. Or let's watch Face Off. I don't care. Let's put some Nicolas Cage on. Um, super excited. 
Yay. And if you talk bad about it, I'll hurt you. <laughs> I said, you know, I've never watched this movie with like a critical eye. Yeah. Uh, and I'm way harsher on things if I'm looking at it to, to pick and tell you what's wrong with it. Uh, if I'm just watching it to enjoy it, I just let it wash over me. Um, so this is really ruining my ability to enjoy movies, honestly. <laughs> so I hope I don't hate it too much. I don't think I'm going to. I love it. I'm excited. I'm so excited. You can tell. Listen to me. I was all angry before and now I'm happy. Woohoo! Alright, we, we're missing something. I feel like we've forgotten to do something. We could tell them to make sure that they like and subscribe and follow us on all of our uh, various social medias. Yeah, I suck at social media. I'm a lurker on my own pages. I don't remember to post things. <laughs> There's nothing to talk about. What am I supposed to post? Use the social media to contact us and tell us what you think of the podcast or maybe tell us something you disagree with. Mostly what we've been get, getting feedback on is the email, yeah. um, which Jay will put in the show notes. Yes. Um, All of it's in the show notes. Also use the social medias to tell your friends to listen. Uh, yeah. We're hovering right at about a dozen listeners, I think between the various. Yeah, it's uh, a pretty good catchers. party. Um, I'm cool with that. I mean, this isn't for like getting famous or rich or anything. I don't know. 12 is good. Dude, if I, if I was getting feedback from hundreds of people, I don't, this is why, like my favorite murder hired people and started a whole yeah. business. Cause this is, it gets to be a lot. Well, we're, that's not what we're going for. <laughs> no, I think you're just going for me being excited about watching a Marvel movie. And I think you're going to be sorely mistaken. I like because the ones I like you don't. So now I get to watch you squirm. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, thank you for listening. Uh-huh. Sorry for all the cussing and yelling. I hope you didn't watch this show before oh. you listened. Lissa, don't do it. Don't subject your daughter to this mess. Please, I beg you. She'll never forgive you. And join us next week for Marvel Movie Night. <laughs>